Good morning. I'm your host, Claudia Shamba, welcoming you to the November 5th, 2019 edition of Ask a Leader. Today, Georgians and New Yorkers, Pittsburgh, San Francisco, Seattle, Tucson, Arizonites, and locally Santa Ana and Stanton folks are voting in municipal elections, and Kentucky, Louisiana, Mississippi, and Virginia are voting statewide. You are welcome to encourage your friends to vote and get out the vote. Today's show, we're going to just camp out in two very different museum spaces. First, Lauren Woods, conceptual artist, and Kimberly Meyer, curator, will talk about the immersive and transformative experience of their current installation, American Monument, at UCI's Beale Center. This installation continues through February 7th, 2020. Then, in the second portion, Malcolm Warner, executive director of Lagoon Art Museum, is going to return to the show to speak about this year's Arts in Nature program, commissioning Yorgo Alexopoulos, entitled 360 Degrees Azimuth, commemorating the museum's seventh annual multidisciplinary exploration of art's many engagements with the natural world. The opening includes outdoor multimedia installation and lodging here on uh, this Thursday, November 7th, followed by roster events over the weekend. We'll be right back with my guests after a station break. Welcome back to the show. My deep pleasure to bring for the larger share of this hour are my guests Lauren Woods she's a conceptual artist and Kimberly Meyer curator Lauren Woods is currently a visiting lecturer at Southern Methodist University her interdisciplinary hybrid media project film video and sound installation socially engaged public interventions and site-specific work engage history as a lens by which to view the social politics of the present. Her pursuit is toward how to best to translate the practice of traditional monument making through new media into new contemporary objects of public memory. Listeners may be aware of her nationally acclaimed installation entitled Dallas Drinking Fountain Project. Her artwork has been exhibited in Washington, D.C., San Francisco, Los Angeles, New York, Dallas, and Miami, Puerto Rico, Taiwan, South Korea, Japan, Mali, and France. Among the numerous grants and awards are from institutions including the Creative Capital Foundation, the Tribeca Film Institute, College Art Association, Alliance of Artists Communities, and the San Francisco Foundation. Lauren completed her Bachelor's of Arts in Radio, Television, and Film, and in Spanish with a Sociology minor from the University of North Texas, and her Master's of Fine Arts from the San Francisco Art Institute. Kimberly Meyer is a curator, writer, architectural designer, and cultural producer. She builds things. She has organized many exhibitions, publications, and programs, and has served as the director of the University Art Museum at Cal State Long Beach, as well as the Mac Center for Art and Architecture, Los Angeles. She's been working with Lauren on American Monuments since its conception. 
conception, we'll go to that metaphor later in our discussion here. Major projects of Kimberly's include initiating and curating How Many Billboards, Art Instead, beautifully titled, an exhibition which 21 artists were commissioned to make new work for a Los Angeles billboard, co-curating and co-authoring an exhibition uh, publication entitled Sympathetic Seeing, Esther McCoy and the Heart of American Modernist Design, and organizing myriad projects with contemporary artists and architects. She built things. She was the commissioner for the U.S. presentation at the 11th International Cairo Biennial and the recipient of numerous grants and awards. Kimberly completed her Master's of Arts in Architecture at the University of Illinois, Chicago, and her Master's of Fine Arts at California Institute of the Arts. Lauren comes to us from Dallas. She'll be in Irvine in a couple more days. And Kimberly Meyer joins me in studio. Welcome to the show, and congratulations, both of you. Thank you. Good morning. Good morning. Well, as I said, I, I we'll start with you, Lauren. Congratulations. It's a phenomenal work. I've, uh, it's, it's come into every one of my conversations because it, it's right here at the Beale Center. Let's have you begin with speaking about the gestation period, <laughs> the labor pains of creating this very solemn, immersive, transformative American monument, Lauren. Yes. Well, thank you uh, for having me on, Claudia. And yes, gestation and labor, I just want to make a little note. My mom is listening, and she keeps texting me. So hi, Mom. Oh, please. <laughs> yeah. Hello. Um, she, um, and, and also let me say, I'm actually not at SMU anymore. Uh, I took the semester off, and I'll be actually starting um, in the art department, fine art department at Brandeis University in Boston next spring as an assistant professor, so I'm super excited about that. Okay. But yes, um, you know, I, I, it's funny that you've taken on the, um, the sort of uh, labor gestation birthing process me- metaphor because it's one that I like to use and uh, with work because that's what it feels like. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, the American Monument, I mean, this is, it's, it's been, you know, about two years in the making to get to this point, and it's been a really unexpected but generative process uh, to figure it out. Um, and I am literally right now, I'm still in Texas, about to come back to California, yes, to but us. literally still in um, recovery mode, postpartum, if you will, <laughs> which feels um, a little bit strange to be away from. Uh, the monument right now, so I'm excited to come back and see how it's doing and how it's sort of, you know, populating itself um, and to get back to work on it. And we'll let Kimberly, she can give us the sort of, uh, some of the fresh updates about patrons experiencing that when we get further into this interview. So I would like to know how, this is two years, uh, maybe two years ago you were first uh, introduced to, how did you find each other toward this collective authorship? So should we start with Kimberly, since she's been silent yeah. this long? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I first encountered Lauren's work at a group show in a gallery, like probably like 2000, 
six or something like that or seven and was immediately struck by her work and just decided at that point that it's an artist that I need to meet and it's an artist that I need to follow because I was just blown away by the video installation that I saw. So we did meet at that opening and um, started kind of like, you know, following her work ever at, at that point. And we did work together when I was at the Mac Center. She did a, a, a fantastic billboard for us in that billboard show that you mentioned. And I really I had always wanted to do something big with Lauren and we kind of kept the conversation going. And um, when I arrived at Cal State Long Beach at the University Art Museum there, she was the first artist that I called because I thought this is it. This is the place where we can really do something big. And so we began our conversations at that point. And when I first approached Lauren, I, in my mind, I had no idea what it would be. It's, 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 an, it's a kind of a core philosophy for me to think about working with artists, not just to like maybe put up a piece here or there, but to actually make a, a deep investment in their work. An artist that I really believe in, I believe that institutions um, have, the, have the opportunity and in some ways the responsibility to do a very deep dive and a deep investment in their work. And so this is what I wanted to do with Lauren. So I was pretty open. It's like, do you want to have a, what do you want to do? And after, you know, some months of discussion and some months of thinking about it then she came up with this idea of um of the american monument and i just you know snapped it up immediately it was such a fantastic idea so on your end lauren so you Mm -hmm. kimberly found you around or you found each other 2007 so just briefly what was what was it like you're the conceptual artist and you find each other what was that that round like because you're you've got some very particular material and you've got to entrust it with somebody that you'll be collaborating co-authoring so what was Mm -hmm. it like for you to meet Kimberly yeah well I you know I had been thinking about this work probably for about a year and a half before Kimberly approached me about uh, working at the UAM but our our work history having worked on the billboard uh, project with Kimberly and also over the years um, sort of uh, reaching out to her for advice on the different uh, projects that I was working on that were getting into um, public debate or, you know, how to handle things. And Kimberly always had really solid advice and support. Um, when I had my child back in 2009, she was the one of the first and maybe one of the only curators that I had worked with before my son that reached out immediately after I had my son and was like, when you're ready to start working, let me know. Um, which I, I want to say that that in the art world, this you know there had been sort of this stigma. I don't know how much is getting better, but there had been this sort of stigma around women artists and the period when they would have children and the belief that children uh, mothering somehow would stifle an art process or art career. Um, so it was really significant that she reached out in my mind um, after I had my child and said, "When you're ready to work, let me know." So having worked with Kimberly on the billboard project and that billboard um, getting a little bit of a public dust-up in terms of um, the content of the billboard and then watching Kimberly as the director of the museum facilitating the conversation around it and over the years just really sort of understanding the difference in cultural and art workers and administrators who really support artists And so for me, it was like a no-brainer to work with Kimberly on this particular project because we already sort of had a history where I felt like I trusted that I could work with her and that she would support the life of the project in whichever turns it would take, you know. Not to beat up the metaphor, but I, I, so we're talking about the birthing class. So (laughs) so let's, I'd like for both of you that there's a very dicey sort of, current uh, event that unfolded at 
Cal State Long Beach. And since I, I want for you briefly, both of you, to talk about that because the state and institutions are what loom in the themes you're threading in American Monument. And you were essentially kicked out, kicked yourselves out. One was kicked out and you kicked yourselves out of the installation at Cal State Long Beach. What was it like to make the transition from one institution to the other, being here at UC Irvine with the array of departments and schools at UCI that received your exhibition. Mm-hmm. Kimberly? Well, I, I, oh, I can talk a little bit yes. about the project first, and then maybe if Kimberly wants to take sort of the, the heart of your question. So just to say what the actual project is that started back um, in 2018 when Kimberly met and I met up in December, I had been thinking about, or actually around 2014 with uh, Trayvon Martin's murder and Mike Brown's murder, what was really clear about uh, a difference in terms of what the movement for Black Lives and Black Lives Matter was bringing was the response from the state and different municipalities to dump public records in, on the Internet into the public sphere as a way of performing transparency around cases. And so I think that this is one of the first major times that we've had access to so much information around these cases. And so I was looking through the documents, reading the, the narratives, constructions of the police officers and George Zimmerman, et cetera. And what really struck me was some of the um, what felt like fictitious narrative construction that were part of these documents in relationship to construction of blackness. And so I have been thinking about that, and I did a, a little uh, work around 2014 that basically became American Monument, where I was looking at what I called unblack utterances in these documents, things that I believe that were fictions, and asking black people to perform them. And then comparing them to when we actually had the real source, uh, primary source audio um, that documented um, a moment like this, and comparing this sort of narrative construction to a, a real moment. And so when I brought that project, I always envisioned like being able to do more and doing open records requests to keep getting information. And so when I was approached by Kimberly and proposed that we do this at um, UAM, it grew into this larger project that's become American Monument because Kimberly stewarded students to do over 200 Freedom of Information Act requests. Um, we were also thinking about the role of monuments and what it does for public memory and social and racial justice. We were thinking about what new monuments should, uh, how new monuments should handle this sort of content. And we were also thinking about a really collaborative public co-production process that would actually get people involved in the issue rather than being handed information. So that's what the gist of this monument is. And I'll, I'll kind of Take it, give it over to Kimberly in terms of the experience of the institution. Right. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, you know, we were excited to put it up at the UAM, but it wouldn't... It the wouldn't, University Art Museum, for yes, the, yeah, the, the shorthand for Art, it, at Cal yeah, State Long Beach. At Cal Beach. State Long Beach, exactly. But it seemingly became more and more of a source of anxiety for the university there. And um, and you are doing the work. I'm, I, I don't want to get in the way of your making this point, but I'm struck by you were doing this work of identity and the culture and the state and how this all fits, the privilege and all that. And it must have just been 
just sort of lancing boils right and left around Long Beach, and they weren't Cal State Long Beach, and they weren't sure how close you're going to cut to their own personal identities in terms of race and culture. Yeah, I mean, I think it's interesting. I think a lot of universities use the you know use the word inclusion and diversity, and this is like kind of a like a buzzword that is used a lot. But I think that what we were trying to do there was really to force that a little further and think about like, well. Why are people not included? And, and who is not here? Who is not here because they're dead? Who is not here because they're behind bars? You know, and I think that those kinds of questions got, yeah, hit a little close to the bone and to a certain extent. And so when it became untenable to have that work there, we, you know, pivoted to UCI. You found UCI? You've well, I would say that it, we pivoted because David Familian, who is the director of the Beale Center for Art and Technology, was actually at the, the, That's right. the launch yeah. of of American Monument, which is also the pause, um, because Lauren went on to, again, after, like, I was dismissed five days before um, the opening, Lauren launched the the piece, and then put it immediately on pause, um, calling for my, you know, calling for me to be reinstated, and so then we began um, a fairly long process in the spirit of restorative justice to try to bring everybody back to the table to see if we could preserve the piece on the Cal State Long Beach campus, because it, it did feel very important for it to be there. As we were going through that process, right, really right after the day after the opening, um, David contacted us and said, look, I hope you guys can make it work at Cal State. I understand that that's an important site for it. But if you can't, um, I want it. And so that was really fantastic. He he was able to both respect our process to try to really make things right at Cal State. But at the same time, we knew that it had a home if we could make it work. And so by the time, you know, the fall was it was things were running through. It was clear that it wasn't going to be able to stay. Um, I made a visit to the Beale Center and realized that we could actually make this work. And then it's just been um, a really fantastic experience ever since. For those of you who've just tuned in, my guests are conceptual artist Lauren Woods and curator Kimberly Meyer, a collective authorship project that they are staging at the Beale Center that considers the cultural circumstances under which African Americans lose their lives to police brutality. It is entitled American Monument, and intentionally monument is all in uppercase letters. So that, uh, it's 89% of life is showing up. David Familian showed up, and that was a, that made it all come together. So I, I would like to know more, but we, in the interest of time, we'll have to sort of uh, leave there. Uh, there are so many rich parts of the pieces of this institution that made sure that every intention of yours is carried out. So I'd like to have you talk about the ongoing impressions you're getting, Kimberly, of the work. News is, and you can speak into this too, uh, Lauren. News is continuing to develop, and you have on a monument outside of the installation is a plaque of those killed in, those who died, mainly those were killed in police custody. But the breaking news is happening as you're trying to put this, the final, the hardware together. Talk about what happened in Dallas and right up until what's going on now. We don't know what's happening with that strange witness killing in Botam John's case. So if you could talk about what's it like to commit to print and then then include new data coming in to talk about these cases. 
Yeah, uh, well, I can I can speak to that just a little bit. I mean, first of all, I will say that one of the one of the major components of this installation here at the Beale is that David has organized a like a residency program for both yes. um, for both Lauren and I, which has allowed us to um, have very significant con- contact and advice from the law school, from social ecology, African American studies, art history, and art. And so that's been a really key part of it. That's actually allowed us to go go much deeper yes. into all the threads from this work. And so I think that that also reflects in the kind of feedback that we have been getting. People have been, it's been really moving to see the level at which people are engaging deeply in the work and how they're coming away and having these in-depth conversations with each other about it. So it's it's really quite moving for me as an organizer. And I... I know you can add to that, Lauren, and I'm trying to cover everything we can. The, um, I'd like for the listeners to be privy to the elements that are in the installation. You've got the there's the the Freedom of Information Act that Kimberly's already brought up. There's the audio. There's the the cultural competence aspects, and there's there's the metal boxes of each of these cases, the turntables, the tables, the blown up transcripts, the ambient sounds, the witnesses. That's the people that are coming to visit. They're wearing their witness sticker and the outdoor setting so all of those elements that you have put into this installation that people are immersed and transformed by so lauren do you want to speak to now now that i've as I just tried to quickly lay out those elements what the changing developing news does as you are continuing to evolve with this installation Yes, so, I mean, that's actually what what makes this work difficult and overwhelming is that actually, so this particular installation, we're looking at 22 cases. Most of the names associated, most of these cases are already well-known nationally. There's a few probably that aren't as known as the others. Um, And we had to whittle that, we had to get to that 22 out of about 200 of the original subset. And the issue is that this is an ongoing problem. So literally every couple of weeks there's a new case to add to the list that eventually we will attempt to do a Freedom of Information Act request, et cetera, um, and somehow represent this issue. So it makes it really difficult and overwhelming because the the goal of the project is, as a cultural product, to still contribute to the movement in police police violence and police brutality. And um, it's it, it's overwhelming to attempt to try to like catch up when it's literally a thing that's happening constantly, right? Um, so yes. what what we have um, in terms of the current installation, um, we have 22 turntables that have audio components from the different requests that are associated with the case. Yes. And then we have any documents that we could get either because they were dumped online uh, publicly or we did Freedom of Information Act requests. And at the last minute, because when we were launching this, Botham John's, uh, or Amber Geiger, who's murdered Botham John, her case was going on here in Dallas. Um, at the last minute, we decided to sort of add that into this installation because that would be in progress, not expecting the case to wrap up so fast, but to hold a place for it so that eventually we could start sort of dissecting all of the complexity of this case um, beyond just the initial uh, murder, but also the public perception of the case and how the public discourse formulated around it. So that so so the idea is that this installation is actually in progress. 
people can bring in things and contribute to the installation. We also uh, theoretically will continue doing Freedom of Information Act requests and testing particular California's laws that have just changed in the last year to see how much information we can get. And so the idea is that you could come over multiple visits and actually experience quite a different monument because things will be added to it in progress. And then by the end of our residency, we'll have an event to, quote-unquote, unveil this final product, if you want to um, call it that, that signals like the end of this particular research on these 22 cases for this year. So it's a little bit, um, again, overwhelming to, to be really close to this work, but not as overwhelming to be a victim of it. So it's really a project that looks at how cultural workers can lend their particular skill set to this issue and hopefully bring others onto it in, in you know, the multiple ways that one is able to do it. So, Lauren, when I was, I was talking to some people last night about this exhibit, this installation, and I recommended they attend, and one of them said, and she's a Caucasian woman and has adopted an uh, African-Asian son. At from mm-hmm. uh, right from his at, at his birth, and uh, she said, "I can't come. I'm not. I can't come to that." And you, you Lauren, you were talking about your your son was born in 2009. This must always be on your mind, and and as you've talked about when we've met a few times at the the Beale Center, you yourself are you're diminishing before our very eyes. You're you're really it's. This is taking a toll. I want listeners to appreciate that. What's it like being this conceptual artist and being the mother? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's. I, I think that's what compels me to do the work. I haven't exactly figured out how to do it healthily <laughs> yet, which is, I think, what you're speaking to, um, because it is, um, it's taxing, it's overwhelming. I mean, if you're reading the, the documents, as many documents, I'm going through all of the material yes. in a way that a, a normal visitor isn't. And so it's uh, really trying to set up uh, um a way for myself to take care of myself while doing it, but I am compelled to do it because I do have a son. Um, and we know that, um, you know, all the statistics show that black men in particular, but black people in general, the black men in particular, are disproportionately represented in these unarmed killings. Um, and it really kind of honed in, you know, I have family members, things like that, but for me it really sort of became urgent after having a child and becoming a mother and also working with mothers who have lost their children and seeing that sort of agony that happens and how there's, it's irrecoverable, right? So I think in a way, um, it, it's, it's, even though it's taxing, it's, it's overwhelming, I consider it uh, a calling and a duty, and I can't imagine what it would be to actually be a victim of this. And so that is what sort of compels me to continue attempting to figure out how I can lend my particular skill set to this issue because I prefer to be on the proactive end of things rather than the, you know, reactive defensive end, and I don't want it to have to hit close to home for me to be aware of it and get involved. To speak to um, your friend um, who said that she couldn't come to the installation, that's a completely legitimate and understandable response. And the the thing about the monument is that it's totally user, it's it's interactive, so the user can decide 
how much uh, intimacy that they want to have with the content. And, you know, the audio maybe isn't for everyone to listen to. The documents maybe aren't for everyone to listen to. But there are different components of the installation that the viewer can decide what the relationship is to it. And I, I, I guess I would say is that we can't stick our head in the sand and pretend like this isn't going to go away. So if, you know, the mon- of interacting with the monument may not be the way that you want to interact with the issue, but to say that we, we should, you know, turn away from interacting from the issue actually doesn't help us get beyond the issue. That comes through. That comes through. So I, I'd like for Kimberly, since she's in residence, essentially, with the exhibit, the installation, to talk about well, what you hoped and what you're seeing in terms of how people are engaging in the installation, American Monument. Yeah, I mean, it's been really fascinating. And I think that there's an intimacy to the work that really comes across, which I think is interesting in relationship to it being a monument. I think that it also challenges our ideas about, like, what what does that mean? What can that mean? You think of a monument as being something which is big and kind of, like, symbolic and in some ways sort of flat. It's got its one message, and that's it. And I think with, with American Monument, it's beautifully challenged. That form is beautifully challenged, and it really does allow people a way in. And it and it, it does so in a way that that kind of removes um, removes the spectacle from the thing. I think that um, being a, you know a white lady that is essentially working with Black Death, I also have a lot of um, trepidation about what is my role here. What are we doing? What are we putting out in the world? What are we you know sort of like profiting from essentially? Although I wouldn't say it's profit, but what is that doing? And I think that what is beautifully set up in American Monument is this is opportunity to become very very intimate with certain kinds of details but in the end you're really engaging with the state power you're looking you're looking at state documents you're seeing like what the state does with people's lives and it's not something that that you can that feels exploitative to me it feels like something that like we are all a part of this certainly um it feels raw yeah it is raw um, but it, but it's it's also very real, and it's like yes. as 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 a citizen, you know, this is something that this is my government who is making this happen, and so it makes me feel that we should, we that we we actually can do something about that. That we need to be that we benefit in many ways from the structure, and other people like suffer from the structure, and it really shows that I think on a very granular level um, that like to get into some of these documents and cellular to, level. Yeah, this, this I want to maintain the biology of, mm-hmm. of this whole experience. Yeah, no, I think that's true yeah yeah and so it's been it's been really gratifying to me to see especially you know white folk coming in and just weeping over this stuff like i feel like it's really working because because i think we feel implicated and because we are we are yeah for those of you just joined us i want to just remind you my guests are conceptual artist lauren woods and curator kimberly meyer talking about their work american monument at the beale center i wanted to make sure people know they have opportunities also to get even more involved with this exhibit there's upcoming events the uh, hearing sandra bland part one will be going on november 19th hearing sandra bland part two on november 22nd i will be announcing those at the end of the shows and later on this month and uh, sora han will be speaking on the part one and are there other activities you'd like for people to know about 
We will be doing a symposium at the very end of the monument. February 8th is our symposium day. And so at th- this point, we're, we've there's been so many amazing people who've come together to help us think through this work um, and so many reference points that we've been able to bring in. So we're trying to kind of put all those together so that there's a culminating event that, w- that can really help us understand uh, what we're dealing with here. Lauren? You'll be here on Thursday. Are there any kinds of other events that you would like to talk about that you'll be or what you want to do with these that are planned that I just mentioned that Kimberly mentioned? Um, well, I just wanted to, I'll, I'll sort of fill out a little bit. I'm yes. excited about the hearing Sandra Bland Part 1 yes. and 2. Um, as you mentioned, um, um, Sora Han, who is professor of... She has a joint appointment at the Law and Society. And the, at the law school. Um, Yes, and also at sociology, and also she's um, part of the School of Law, African American and Studies. Right. Um, so she's presenting, and I'm really excited about that because she's a, a, another brilliant UCI collaborator that immediately came on to support um, the project once we decided that we were going to move it over to Beale. And then to have that book ended with a guest professor from Pomona, assistant professor of linguistics and cognitive sciences, um, Nicole uh, Holiday. Nicole Holiday. And she's going to be basically taking the same material that, or both of these are brilliant professors that are coming from different fields and giving us a different sort of entry point into this particular case. So one is looking at linguistics. The other one is looking at sound and the law and reconstruction and all of these things. And so I think it's going to be a really interest. that particular week of programming is going to be super interesting, if only because we're taking one case and getting really familiar with multiple layers and complexities of it. And I think that's really the heart of the project. It's conceptualized to get people more intimate with this issue, with specific cases, outside of our the spectacle of our social media feed. And um, that's really Bl- the desire of the project, you and know, um, and to, to sort of link um, through arts and culture, to link all of the sort of academic work that's being done and on that side to the larger and translate it to the larger public. So that's really the, the goal of the monument, and as it um, leaves UCI and goes and iterates out into the world in different places, we're hoping that this initial, well, it's already been super generative, this initial iteration here at UCI is really about the research and us getting exposed to all of the, the research that's happening on this and then figuring out as cultural workers how to translate that to a larger public. And so this, the next iteration outside of the university will be really interesting yes. um, in, in all because um, of our, the relationships that we're developing here at UCI. So you are negotiating with other venues. I don't think you can, uh, maybe we're privileged to ask, get the scoop there, but you, anything you can say about, oh, there's, there's multitudes of people that are, are queuing up to get in line to present this installation at their area. There is a lot of interest, yeah, I mean, and we also have a lot of uh, we have a lot of, we have a lot of goals. We'd really like to see this uh, in different kind of key spots in the U.S. Like what's a, what's a dream? Just the, this is the hypothetical. We're not committing you. Uh, <laughs> it's a dream to go to St. Louis. Yes, St. Louis, of course. Yeah. St. Uh, St. Louis being the ground uh, ground zero of the movement for Black Lives, and also it's where my family is from, and specifically I have family in Ferguson, so I'm super interested to see how the project would iterate there differently. But I, I will say, you know, when things happened at CSULB last year, 
um, and sort of word got out through the art press. Many, many institutions were reaching out to us to support the project, and that, to me, was a signal. Um, It was of how this project, what people saw in the potential of the project and how it could live in terms of how Kimberly and I have been conceiving it. So right now, it's like, okay, we're trying to take this one step at a time. We're at UCI. We're really grateful for this being sort of a research residency. And we're also trying to learn, as we keep up the biology metaphor, that um, what yes. the sort of growing exactly. Oh, I'm thinking, I'm there with you. I'm with you there, resources. Exactly. And so being, um, yeah, and so being really cognizant of that, and so not sort of rushing it out into public space, because unfortunately, we have a ton of cases to go through, and yes. the issue isn't unfortunately going away anytime soon. So figuring out how it, it can iterate, the project has always been conceived to iterate, to be a um, a roving monument, if you will, a nomadic monument. Um, So to figure out how each site will um, create the personality of the monument is what we have to sort of, you know, get together after we leave this iteration. And I sort of shudder, and it may be journalistically sort of a malfeasant of me to say that I, I worry about the number 23 that's going to be entered into the to the record of the new venue. I, I just... So I would like to um, just run by folks that the Beale Center for Art and Technologies at 712 Arts Plaza at UC Irvine. Every anteater listening to this, you have something amazing in your midst, a, a, a walk away from where you are listening right now and people streaming elsewhere. Please come to Irvine and check this out or just stay tuned with the American Monument where it's going to show up again. I want to thank both of you, Kimberly Meyer, She's the curator, and Lauren Woods, the conceptual artist. Thank you very much for talking about your collective authorship on this project, American Monument. Thank you for being on today's show. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Mr. Backlash, Mr. Backlash. I'll be right back with uh, Malcolm Warner, who's been patiently waiting to queue up, and we're going to talk about art in nature shortly. We'll be right back after a short station break. You give me second class houses and second class schools. Do you think that all colored folks are just second class fools? Welcome back to the show. My next guest, and we're going to be a lightning round with his wonderful exhibit here at the Laguna Art Museum. It's Malcolm Warner, Executive Director of the Laguna Art Museum with his museum's 7th Annual Art and Nature Program taking place at the end of the week. It's launching an installation that will be viewable through January 5th. Malcolm's been with the museum for nearly eight years now, and he comes to us from his corner office in Laguna Beach. Welcome to Ask a Leader. Welcome back, Malcolm. Hi, Claudia. Thank Hi. you so much. It was nice to talk to you. Oh, it's always <laughs> my pleasure. And it was such the solemn programming, and I just had so much to include in American Monument. I hope you get a chance to see it, and it's, yeah. it's not far away, and they're doing amazing work. So solemnly, we move into, there's nothing not solemn about arts and nature. Well, congratulations on your seventh annual. Tell us what you've enjoyed accomplishing with this charter. Well, you know, the, the two main things that we do for the Art and Nature Festival, which is uh, annually in early November, we, we uh, commission 
a brand new work of art from a, an artist who we, we invite to be inspired in some way by nature, obviously, to fit the theme of the whole event. And we have a big-time uh, keynote lecture as well and, and a family festival. Those are the main things. And uh, we've hit some home runs with, in all the three yes. categories, I would say. You know, last year, for example, a lot of people might remem- remember the um, spectacular like event on the beach where we had a 1,000 people taking part in this performance piece orchestrated by the artist Elizabeth Turk. They all had illuminated umbrellas at sunset, and it was really... It was amazing. Yeah. You took over the town, Malcolm. Yes. <laughs> So this year, you've commissioned Yorgo Alexopoulos, and his installation is already, it, there's, it's already been, it's in. So tell us about him, and yeah, what you want the community to take away from his work. Um, yeah, we've, we've come inside this time. We won't always be inside, but just for this time, we commissioned a video installation, which we're going to show in the biggest of our galleries. This, the Steel Gallery, which is the original historic base in the museum, and... Um, We've transformed it to accommodate this video installation. We've turned it into a kind of black box theater. It's completely black with and the longest wow. wall, which is, must be, I don't know, 60 feet long at least, is given over to this projected imagery by Yorgo Alexopoulos, this uh, L.A. artist of, uh, who comes from a Greek background, as you can tell from his name. And the, yes. the, uh, the imagery, it's, it's this fascinating sort of dance-like interaction of geometric shapes and uh, images from nature that he's created um, that runs for about 15 minutes and, and then, then repeats on a loop. And it really is the most immersive kind of spectacle. So I don't think anyone will be disappointed that we're indoors this time because this thing still has something of the grandeur of a, of a big event in, in nature, you know. Um, Right. And, and I, I'm, I'm hoping that um, one thing that it'll, it'll further reinforce the idea that I've always wanted to, to get over through the Art and Nature Festival, that um, artists have all kinds of different ways of being inspired by nature. Uh, obviously, there's landscape painting. Uh, that's what springs to yes. most people's minds immediately. But here's an artist who, uh, who loves Laguna Beach, by the way. He spent a lot of time here, but who, um, create, who responds to nature as a as a combination of filmmaker and painter and uh, draftsman and orchestrator of um, animated uh, geometrical forms, which, uh, and, and I think, well, you'll see, well, you'll see what I mean when you see it. <laughs> That's exactly. And so they've got quite the roster. Uh, there was a, I guess it was maybe just for media last Thursday, maybe patrons could come and see it. So beginning on the 7th, that's Thursday, uh, that's when Laguna yeah. Beach has the Around Town Art Gallery opening. So that's what you'll that's begin right. with. Uh, yeah, we unveil it on Thursday at uh, 6. Okay. And then uh, the next day is going to be a lecture with Alan Braddock. Yeah, Alan Braddock is a professor from William and Mary College on the East Coast, and uh, he's uh, He's one of the foremost authorities on the, w- on the way in which um, artists, especially in recent times, have responded to the idea of uh, ecology and environmental awareness. You know, he traces it back to, historically, to American artists even of the 19th century, but um, traces that lineage to today and shows the way the, the attitudes of artists and the work that they produce has been sort of subtly inflected by the way people think about nature, as, and especially in recent times, the way people think about nature as something that's a bit under threat. So uh, I think he'll have a, it'll be a very interesting talk for anyone interested in art, but also anyone interested in nature and the way people have, the way people have thought about nature. And then the next day, it's just a, this is the Saturday, 
November 9th. You'll have a film. Elizabeth Turk comes back. She'll have some signing, and there will be yeah. an art in a time of climate change. And the artist himself, Yorgo Alexopoulos, yeah, will you're be here. Yeah, giving a talk, yes. Okay. Yes. A full yeah. day. So, <laughs> so I, actually, Malcolm, when you have these huge exhibits that are now, I mean, these whole staged events. So you're kind of uh, like pulling in a lot of people from around the region. So how do you suggest people get themselves in and out of there? Because it's a pretty commanding venue on those November um, days. Well, we always hope that people will check out our website and make a reservation if they want to attend any of these events. It's I'm talking very... infrastructure too, Malcolm. How people mm-hmm. get, because like with the umbrella installation, oh, that, that, that means you had to sort of plan, like get, get dropped off about two miles away oh, yeah. from your museum to get in. Yeah, those performance piece uh, uh, commissions, have, and Elizabeth Turks wasn't the only one, but they've been right. a, a challenge in terms of just, uh, you know, all the necessary paperwork and permissions and bureaucracy frankly, that you have to get through to do them. And, and then the practicalities that you mentioned, yeah, of getting everyone here. We don't face that so much with this, uh, the Yorgo Alexopoulos' piece uh, this time, because it's more straightforward in that respect. But I, I think people will love it just as much. But um, absolutely, it's, it's a bit less Looking of a headache for us in some ways. <laughs> okay, okay. And then you've got on Sunday, it's a whole family roster. We won't have time to go over that, but people can go to the Laguna Art Museum website to get all mm-hmm. of the information that they need. You're at 307 Cliff Drive in Laguna Beach. I'll quickly say it's adjacent to the restaurant famously used by local academics to recruit people from the Midwest in February. <laughs> That's everybody. everybody knows right. So, well, Malcolm, I thank you for being on the show today. Good luck with the whole turnout, and I'm looking forward to seeing you the, by the end of the week, okay? Okay, very good, Claudia. Okay. Thank you. Thank you so much. That was my wrap. Next week, I promise, she promises, author Terry Tempest Williams with her brand new book, Erosion, Essays of Undoing. We'll have her here for the full hour. Talk with you next week. Thank you, everyone, for listening. <laughs>